ਦਿਲ ਪਰਦੇਸੀ ਨੂੰ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਨਿਤ ਦਾ ਰੋਣਾ ਪੈ ਜਾਊਗਾ ਨਾਲ ਰੰਜੇਠੇ ਜੋਗੀ ਦੇ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਜੋਗਣ ਹੋਣਾ ਪੈ ਜਾਊਗਾ everybody welcome to flywheel your number one source for everything frax defi and everything in between if you want to know what's going on in the world on chain you've come to the right place this is defi dave here with capital k and we're here to help you harness the power of the flywheel if the chain was a savanna and you had to be any animal or watch out for any animal on the chain who would you watch out for the cheetah <laughs> the defi cheetah that's who cuz this dude takes the chain from his perspective as working in hedge funds he has a law degree and this dude is dedicated this dude has been threading for a bit he's very detailed very meticulous and i was like damn that's a really good thread cuz he he threaded about something i've been trying trying to say all along which is frax is backed by defi fuck this rap uscc noise and that's what initially got my attention and i was like let's have him on but if you want to inevitably watch all the freshest frax and defi content please subscribe hit that bell button let us know what you think in the comments please follow us on twitter at @flywheeldefi and let's get the flywheel spinning do you hold eth but don't know what to do with it want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start well frax eth is there for you Fraxeats is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into Fraxeats today. Thanks everyone for joining this episode of Flywheel DeFi. Today we have on DeFi Cheetah coming us from the wild. Uh DeFi Cheetah has been threading for a bit. Uh Initially his frax one of actually I'm so happy to see your thread about frax about why frax isn't wrapped USDC because I've been trying to explain this to people for so long and we actually had a space earlier today where we were talking about it as well uh that initially got my attention and then I saw all your other threads where you articulated mm-hmm. the whole curve versus uniswap are you know yep. debate so well and uh you proselytizing on the side of curve and you actually like i learned a lot from your threads because it put a lot of things into words that i've been thinking about and i learned a lot of new things from your threads so defi cheetah like thank you for being a teacher and thank you for coming on and i'm really excited to get this conversation going yeah i'm so honored to be here yeah uh i have been uh, watching for the podcast to know more about frax for a period of time yeah and f- yeah. thanks for the invitation yeah i mean yeah. i i could tell like by the way you wrote about you know we'll just get right into it about like the the initial frax thread about like how frax is backed by defi as i like to say um and i'm just like wow he's definitely been listening to flywheel and so uh let's get right into that um so what how did that thread come about and like what are the things you want people to take away from that thread about frax and how frax works yeah uh i think uh it's all about uh the mis- conception i would say um the market actually has a great misconception about uh, uh frax compared to dai 
uh, I have uh, come across a tweet about oh if you if you can um, you can feel safe to put your money in a form of stablecoin and don't need to earn you which type of stablecoin you would like to get so uh, of course I would expect USDC or USDT would be the one that uh, most people choose uh, uh, that, that's not surprising uh, but DAI will be more favored than FRAX and this is something that I think they may not know what actually happens uh, uh, underneath for these two stable coins so um, for FRAX most people just know oh it's just a partial uh, collateralization in the sense that oh you need some USDC or at the same time you need some FXS to mint the uh, frags and that's the that's the understanding and uh, they would kind of uh, think of frags to be algo stablecoin similar to uh, uh, the UST but this it, is yeah. completely different nowadays but uh, uh, because of a lot of things happening like oh the recent blur airdrop something like that people not really deep dive into something that is really developing so uh, Frax is something that I would like to mention and also compared to uh, the Frax development I think that is also going a little bit astray in the center they kind of uh, having a lot more real world access and also they kind of take some leverage to increase the TVL so that uh, their original risk are, uh, are boost quite a lot. So this is something that I would like to emphasize uh, on my tweet. And that's why I uh, posted uh, some information to let people to know more about it. Yeah, so let's get right into the differences between UST, FRAX, and DAI. Um, so UST, you know, it claimed to be this algo stable. It had a lot of its, you know, reserves off chain managed by Jump, who was market making on behalf of them. Uh, Frax, you know, prides itself on, you know, everything's on chain. I like to call it the first commandment. Everything's on chain where, you know, we're, we have these AMOs, they put, you know, our collateral to work, hence, you know, Frax being backed by DeFi. And then DAI, you know, they, as you said, they're starting to go astray, but astray as in going towards real world assets and having real world liabilities and risk because in search of higher yield. I would like to think of DAI as the commercial bank and FRAX aiming more to be the central bank. bank. Um, but how would you describe it in your words? I think uh, I would describe uh, FRAX to be the, the one of the ways I think is the smartest one to uh, expand the stable coin supply. Uh, because first I came across uh, different uh, development, the product development that turned out recently, like the fresh wall, fresh land, and people who may not understand it will take it as a kind of separate thing. But uh, actually, uh, after I studied for a while, I think uh, it's so smart that uh, my understanding is like, oh, it's like a roadmap that kind of to uh, ship fresh on the hands of uh, uh, crypto users. And it kind of to become more and more um, widespread after uh, I mean for the next bull run if uh, Frax wall Frax land the synergy of these um, Frax products will will be quite significant I would say and um, this is something that I think Dai uh, MakerDAO also identified this and they have recently uh, launched a, a 
uh, the Spark, Spark, Spark protocol, yeah. which yeah. I, I think is completely inspired by Frank's idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's no doubt when you, when you see how it goes. That it is completely just a, another uh, fresh land type of uh, protocol for DAI. So, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, let's get into that point you said about, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they see when they take a look at Frax for the first time and they see, oh, Frax land, Frax swap, Frax seed, it seems it, to untrained eyes, it seems like, oh, they're doing too much. They're juggling too much. But you understand that all of these different primitives have a purpose. All these different primitives have a point and basically expanding the market share and utility of Frax. As like Sam says, you know, it's all different parts of the same thing, DeFi Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, sometimes uh, Sam may be too smart for people to understand this idea. And <laughs> yes, that's, some, why some, sometimes, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. You know what? You know what? Smartest people are always the lonely ones. Yeah, it's not mm. easy to be understood. So um, let uh, us... That was those, a very profound uh, statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of put it more uh, down to earth and... Uh, people will know more about it. Um, for my side, I think uh, frag swap is something that facilitates the AMO because you know uh, uh, frag TVL is quite huge compared to other other protocols. So uh, in order to maintain the AMO, there will be a lot of uh, fees going around. Mm-hmm. So instead of maintaining the uh, f- kind of to make the market elsewhere use the fresh swap to do it will save a lot of fees. I, I think this is something that's smart, but fresh land is even smarter, I think. Mm. Um, fresh land itself, for me, um, it, is, it, 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 it is not uh, useful enough, but compared, uh, but when you turn out the uh, fresh ETH as another product, fresh land is a very good product that is complementary to fresh ETH because if, now, Frax is competing in the LSD uh, sector. You have Frax lands. What does that mean? So uh, from my understanding, uh, Frax through the Curve ecosystem lower the cost of liquidity. Uh, to, to, to me, I need to clarify this. Like uh, Liquidity for my side is the most important concept in, in DeFi. When you uh, consider what, uh, what blows up FTX, the key is liquidity. Mm-hmm. You can see from the treasury, uh, the market cap of the treasury of FTX is uh, actually quite a lot. But the reason why it blows it blows up is because those asset crypto asset cannot be realized. Those are just a liquid asset. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make the referee asset meaningful, liquidity is always the key. So that you can realize it, not just paper money, not just something that you can you can see but you cannot, yeah, realize. So uh, this is very important. And uh, in terms of this, I think um, uh, Fresh is very smart in the curve wall, of course. Yeah, the the Fresh base pool, those kind of stuff. So uh, I I I don't repeat that. But uh, all those uh, lead to the result that to turn out new products that uh, also need to uh, launch a token, Fresh requires a lot lower cost of capital than others, which means to maintain a pool of certain TVL, for example, say 100 million, uh, Fresh itself 
don't need to put uh, uh, half of it at least for the pool or the whole uh, amount of those 100 million for the pool because they can leverage the Curve ecosystem to help them do, to do that or uh, to, to do some incentive uh, based on the uh, fresh BP pool, things like that, and the bill appointment, things like that. Yep. So this is a thing that uh, Fresh can do and others cannot do for now because uh, apart from the free pool, Fresh base pool is yeah the, the, the only base pool that is also available to uh, others to build a liquidity pool on it. Mm-hmm. And after they have a lower cost of liquidity, that's why the Fresh Eve the yield of the Fresh Eve could lead others, other competitors like Lido Finance. And the and the key for this is because they can kind of to issue Fresh Eve on chain in a, a lower cost of liquidity so that they can maintain a significant amount of TVL at the same time they can provide high yield. So this is something that is extremely attractive. And, and also uh, the, the flywheel between Fresh Eve and the uh, Fresh Eve pool on Curve is also something that I think is quite smart uh, of leveraging the current advantage of Fresh in the Curve ecosystem. And after that, Freshland puts it even further in the sense that uh, uh, the Fresh now can, uh, after they have on-chain liquidity, so they must have some use case, right? So Freshland provides a use case for Fresh to Fresh Eve owner by leveraging their exposure to the staking reward so that they can earn more real yield, right? So this is something that I think is really smart in the sense that the Fresh land can uh, provide more use case and utility for Fresh, and at the same time, this can boost up the business of Fresh Eve to compete against other uh, LSD competitors. So this is just the beginning. There are a lot of different kind of uh, pack asset or, or this type of things that can be done. So I'm looking forward to how things can go further and further. Yeah. So this is something that I think uh, so far no other uh, protocols could be able to, to do that. Yeah. I think the most important thing you said there that is liquidity is the most important thing. Liquidity is everything. You don't have anything else if you don't have liquidity. I like to say water is life, liquidity. And Frax and the Frax team were the first teams, the first ones to realize this. And they realized um, Curve was the venue for liquidity. And as you said in one of your fir- earlier threads, you said Curve is where price discovery, I believe, happens for stable coins. Like if you want to check if a stable coin is pegged, the first place you think of is Curve. Um, as opposed to Uniswap, where especially Uniswap B3, where it's like constantly arbed and it's constantly, you know, it's constantly stressed, especially in extreme situations. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I want to like get into, I don't know, uh, Kit, did you have any questions or any comments about uh, DeFi Cheetah's uh, words about Frax? I just, the, the one bit about how everything is complementary. And yes, think yes. about it this way, guys. The two stable coins that Frax has is the Frax ETH and Frax. And Frax Lend literally gives both of those stable coin even more uses. Yeah. And right? also FPI. Increase- Don't forget FPI. <laughs> and also FPI. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also Not FPI. to mention this. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I would like to highlight is that um, I think uh, people, if for those who may be confused about uh, DeFi after uh, doing the U farming or chasing the APL for a while, I, I would like to clarify 
what you are doing is actually revolutionary in the sense that it is uh, first time that human beings could be able to issue and hold a digital asset in a non-custodial manner. In a sense, what does it mean? It means that previously, without the crypt, uh, crypto industry, we hold digital assets, but those digital assets are actually backed or held by the uh, bank banking system on behalf mm-hmm. of us. They are not really free assets that is decentralized and uh, in a non-custodial way. So this is the first time that we can do that. And we can issue whatever, for example, like Frax. Oh, I, I would like to provide service for uh, those uh, who hold the ETH. I, I issue a token called Frax ETH and then I do the uh, validator note to cater for them. Yeah, this is something that only can be done in DeFi, but not in TreFi. So yeah, this is something that I, I think is the key for DeFi. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you, on your bio, it said you were previously like a working in hedge funds, you worked in TradFi. Can you go a little bit into your prior experience and how you ended up in DeFi? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, previously I, I worked in a hedge fund and then to do some trading. And uh, it is not because I don't want to be a long-term investor, but it is because to be a long-term investor, you don't have much alpha in the traditional role, unlike uh, in crypto space, because of the information asymmetry here is very, 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 um, exceptionally large. Like uh, fair, only very few people know the the value of FXS. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that I I, I think that's why I'm here <laughs> because of the alpha. Um, but yeah. uh, back to the previous days in hash one, I think the um the it is the experience for me to discover or to feel how inefficient the traditional role is. And that's why I, I, I came to DeFi. The traditional world is quite, um, some, something is quite slow. For example, like you need to do the settlement, which means you need to match the buyers and sellers uh, within, uh, for example, two, uh, the T, T plus two days. Like, oh, a T means the trade day. And you need another two days to do the settlement to make sure, oh, the, the seller and buyers match the order and have the, and have the stock delivered to the uh, buyers while the while the sellers can get the money from the buyers things like that. So it's exceptionally in inefficient in a, in a sense that um, for DeFi, the initial thing I would like to I, I would like to say is the money circulation will be much faster. And if we are saying that we can do fundraising on chain. Liquidity is the other issue that we need to tackle to make those fundraising meaningful, right? Or else mm-hmm. it's just crowdfunding. And I know there are a lot of crowdfunding activities, even without crypto industry, but they are restricted, quite quite restricted by the uh, geographical location and things like that. And for example, like uh, there are a lot of uh, US crowdfunding activities, but other people in the other corners of the realm may not know about it. But for example, like, uh, fresh. We are here because we are gathered by the 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 the, the attractiveness of fresh. It is something global, boundless, and yeah, and and it is something that is really revolutionary in this sense. So, um, after uh, the DeFi summer, um, yeah, just no doubt, all in all in DeFi and all in those projects really, really are the with the builder mindset. And I think Frax is definitely the 
most significant one in in this field. Yeah, the builder mindset I think is very important. Keep training yeah. out products. They know what they're doing, and then they keep doing and keep building, even if others are leaving. Yeah, putting the foot to the pedal and not stopping. Yeah. That's the Frax way. Um, you know, even all throughout this bear, even when like things, you know. It doesn't matter the situation or what happened. You know, the most important thing is like heads down, kept, kept building. I thought I saw a funny meme the other day. It was, uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, this is what like the frag devs, uh, not going to conferences for a year leads to. And it's like, they built Frax Ferry, they built like Frax Land, this and that. It was like a real, it was a really funny meme, but I want to get to, um, one point about like, how would you explain Frax in one sentence to somebody who is like crypto proficient, DeFi proficient? But it's like looking for like a wrap up in like a, you know, how Ohm had like three, three or like how like, um, you know, Ethereum is the world computer. Like what is like, what do you think should be like the selling point? The slogan. Of, the slogan. The slogan of like, you know, the DeFi super app, you know, Frax is backed by DeFi. You know, we've been brainstorming. So I would love to hear your ideas. This is a great idea. Um if I would like to uh, say Frax in one word, uh, I would say it would be it. It would be the stable coin that is most like a uh, fiat currency with all its functions, because um, they have the lending service on its own. They can have the swapping activity on its own, and they can now. Um, because of the, they can now pursuing to get direct access to the fast balance sheet. So it is the most uh, fiat-like stablecoin that you can get on chain. It is crypto central say. bank. Yeah, yeah, what crypto central thoughts? bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, is, exactly. Wow, Frax is fiat on chain, but not fiat. I, it's like it's. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, not yeah. fiat, not fiat. Fiat is centralized, but it is a yeah. decentralized fiat. Decentralized fiat. Not being controlled by any single yeah. party. Yeah, but they are, uh, the system is um, is complete like fiat. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I know what yeah, you yeah, yeah. It has everything. Fiat, it has the like, lending, it, yeah. the decks. It has it, everything you need. It has the, it, it was fiat. Fiat, yeah. Yeah. fiat decentralized fiat infrastructure on chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's good. No, and we, before ahead, we Kate. jump into the uh, Curve and Uniswap, because I, I know all of us are champing at the bits to get there, I, I wanted to ask DeFi Cheetah what his thoughts were on like the Ohm forks and all of that crazy <laughs> mania going on. Because I feel like you're a guy of substance and you look for fundamentals. So what were your okay. thoughts when all of that was going on? Uh, you mean the Ohm? And all yeah. the ohm, and then all the ohm forks that came after it. Um, actually, I have some crazy ideas about ohm. Uh, you can imagine. Uh, it's just some of my speculation that I I, I mm. think what what um could be a better one for for the confess model. So we all know confess is a kind of life uh, things that aggregate the CRV yield and then to mm -hmm. and then to make it further. Uh. But the key is that uh, CRV needs to be redistributed to to the users, right? Mm -hmm. But the key is um, what if we put because the key issue for Ohm and its fork is like is the token itself does not have utility, so it's just like kind of like a dumb token at the uh, after the music is end for the music share game. 
mm-hmm. is something like that. But what if, uh, for example, the Ohm's model could combine the confessed fission, so you you get a CRV in the Ohm's way. Do you imagine? Do you have? Uh, do 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 you get what I mean? Like that's how Redacted yeah. did it. Because yeah, yeah, it's not Redacted. Redacted did their launch. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. Hey, give us your CRV and CVX, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's why I I I would say Redacted is also a a protocol that I I I think uh uh wish. Great minds think alike, and uh, the team also share share what I, I initially think. And I, but I think it's a bit pitiful because um, after the Om issue, a lot of people think, oh, Om Om's model is just is just a uh, rack and 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 mm-hmm. and just a Ponzi things like that. I I, I think uh, it's not necessarily bad in the sense that if the APR can be adjusted reasonably, and the uh, the token to be sold at a discount could also have some um, utility. I think the model could be different, and uh, that's why I think um, initially uh, the only thing I I thought uh, quite crazy was the APR because some some sometimes as we have been uh, DeFi space for long enough, we we will know that um, some. APR doesn't make sense. Yeah, those are not free money. At the end of the day, you need to find elsewhere to realize it. Just as why I said, and then you will know those who earn those deal earlier. They they will they will have more capacity to flee earlier, and then those others will left it all, all sorts of those uh, tokens on their Thanks. hands, and they can yeah 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 they yeah. And this is the thing that I think is. Be- Pretty pitiful, but we can take cruise from the model because the model itself, I think, is quite smart. Um, someone would say, "Oh, it's all about Ponzi," but I would say, if you put uh Ponzi in a more general sense, USD is also a Ponzi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, by what I mean is that, uh, we now have freely print, uh, USD, and then, uh, the U.S. government keep issue bonds and treasuries without guaranteeing that those would be repaid whenever they need to issue new debt they they it is part of them is used to pay the old uh, the 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 shorter term uh, debt so this is something that how the uh, system works but insofar as people believe it it is here <laughs> yeah so i think um this is something that uh, I, I would say ponzi itself is not necessarily bad but depends on how um, how to run it or how to operate it. For example, if the APR is a is a bit uh, adjusted reasonably and yeah, like re- redacted, I think is is a much better way. So I think redacted um, uh, is all about the narrative. If the narrative is better, I think yeah, things could be different. But um, after the own fault period, yeah, because of the stigma, you. If yeah. once you bear the stigma of oh being old another own fox thing like that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it is the thing that about perception more than how they really actually works. I think when it comes to Ponzi's and Ponzu's and Ponzinomics, what makes something a Ponzi and what makes something you know actually meaningful is the incentives and like how sustainable it is and if there's any utility around you know the product. And we'll get right into Curve because Curve has been, you know, accused of high heaven of like, oh, it's Ponzi nomics, this and that. 
But you actually put forth a really good argument and how like mm-hmm. curve is sustainable long term, especially how like the bribes actually like are higher APY than the tokenomics and that, you know, how much the protocol is being utilized and first, you know, stable coins now with frac with um, LSDs and, you know, maybe future stable coins. Like it seems like the curves place in DeFi is pretty solidified as, you know, as I said earlier, you know, the place of pricing determination for all pegged assets. So yeah. can we, let's just get right into like your argument for like curve finance and, you know, how did that come about? And like, how did this whole curve versus Uniswap debate came about on Twitter? Oh, uh, yeah. this is, this, this is a very good question. Uh, I think I have the, in, the kind of like impulse to write this thread is because um, a lot of people have uh, misconception about this. And I think I need to share my idea to see if any other uh, any other people echo my point because um, you know what like um, uh, for the web free industry or the crypto industry a lot of people with the web 2 mindset will di- directly use their web 2 mindset and put it in web free and then to assess web free project and curve and uniswap the comparison is such a way and uh, you hear a lot about oh uh, at the end of the day, trading volume matters, and oh, in terms of the multiple, uh, 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 like the trading volume over the TVL, oh, Uniswap is much bigger, so oh, the capital utilization is much better, oh, so uh, Uniswap is better. That's straightforward. I'm not saying uh, that the simplicity is bad, but uh, oversimplification of things could lead to, um, could jump to some misleading conclusion yeah so uh for my side i think um for the defi those old players what they initially uh are uh doing is like uh, oh they they have the incentive and then they they use those tokens to incentivize things and this is how previously you just worked but after Afterwards, they kind of um, go astray and go to re-free. And this is how I feel um, not right about it because um, a lot of people using narrative saying, oh, uh, Uni V3, the, the uh, concentrated liquidity, oh, uh, is more um, kind of like uh, uh, the capital efficiency is better and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, the, the key point is that uh, it is not really... Uh, what uh, my perception is different because um, I think uh, for uh, for decentralized exchange to be robust enough, uh, at the end of the day, your target would be to make yourself inevitable in as the crypto industry develops. For example, like uh, I will expect uh, DeFi and other other. Uh, sectors at the end of the day will grow together as the uh, banking industry because uh, DeFi is not a separate uh, uh, layer. It is a kind of like a base layer that supports the growth of other ecosystem. The reason why DeFi Summer uh, came before other other um, NFT or GameFi, whatever, is because without a, without a uh, full-fledged financial system, other sectors could hardly uh, thrive on it. So this is the very important thing. But mm-hmm. UDV3 with the concentrated liquidity design is kind of like to, 
I would say um, make new projects hard to uh, launch the new pools there, and at the same time to make uh, LPs more professionalized. And in that sense, it will kind of expel those who have the money and they don't know what to do with the um, the asset. And this is what actually previously the AMM model wants to do is to gather those idle assets from from the hands of you and me, and then to to uh, make the market. But mm-hmm. uh, with their design, they, I would I would say um, to me it's not very different from the order book design. But the but the point is it is it is a more stupid one in the sense that <laughs> order book must be the most efficient one. But the key why not using Audible is because of first the gas fee and second it is centralized. It's kind of like um for example like these days uh there are a lot of stacks saying that oh uh, to provide Uniswap V three, uh you cannot be passive you need to be active, but uh you can have different strategies, and for those who are making money either you are a smart trader that have your way to 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 trade around I would say they are not really providing liquidity, um. But they are using the liquidity provision mechanism to kind of um, benefit from a certain type of market. For example, there is a type of strategy where people will, for example, like if uh, slash USDC pair, some people I thought, uh, I have come across will say, oh, I make some money after uh, ETH have a great hype and then I provide concentrated liquidity right, right below a certain percentage of the current price and then to benefit from the huge trading volume in case it's slumped and have a huge uh, selling off uh, back to the range that they provided liquidity. So this is kind of like the strategy they they, they do, but this is not really liquidity provision because um, they are not providing liquidity when um, the market requires those liquidity. So in that sense, I think, um, uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, uh, what, I, what I mean is that uh, those uh, uh, professional LPs are just uh, market makers. And in the traditional realm, uh, we know that market makers sometimes may not be reliable. For example, I'll give you an example like um, for, op- for some light options. If they find the markets are not in their favor, they simply will not provide a price. So for uh, for if Unity Free relies a lot on the on the um, market makers, they suffer a risk of uh, having those uh, liquidity suddenly disappear if they're in a very extreme market condition. And yeah, you you, you not know because if there are other places that are more attractive to those professional LPs, they can just leave. That they are not having some special attachment that they, they must provide uh, uh, liquidity on uni free. But um, this is the things that I think Uniwee3 have this kind of counterparty risk because they they need to be really friendly with uh, very close to those professional LPs because they have to say, yeah. But this is not really what curve happens. Um, yeah, this is something that I I I I think very few people mention. Not to mention those all all the toxicity and the pricing power that I I, mm-hmm. I mentioned on my thread. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is the thing that I think um can make more people we consider the thesis of uh, Curve versus uh, Uni V3. Yeah, because um, my key thesis or um, why I prefer Curve more is because uh, Curve allows those um, 
curve allows its model to be more robust and and to be inevitable like electricity and water in our daily life as they are in uh, the crypto space when the market develops further. So yeah, this is something yeah. that I drive me to write this right. Yeah. I really like the word you're using, inevitable. Like you're a part of your thesis is like which protocols are inevitable, you know, which narratives are not narratives, but which, you know, your protocols and then utility and how they're being used, what is inevitable? And, you know, as from the beginning of the podcast, talking about Frax and positioning itself as like the fiat like infrastructure of DeFi, that's inevitable. Uh, with Curve, you know, the way it's, you know, determining the price of all pegged assets, that's inevitable. Uniswap V3, it's, you know, it relies a lot on professional market makers who aren't per se loyal to the protocol, nor do they have an incentive to, whether it's because of the tokenomics of Uniswap, whether it becomes uh, unprofitable. Um, I'm actually like, you know, Kit knows this. I'm, you know, a fan of Uniswap V3. I've actually provided liquidity on Uniswap V3 before. And I, I feel like the key mm -hmm. to providing liquidity on it is to not be greedy and to have a wider range. And like, if you know, like, if you're just not greedy and you know what you're doing, like on like 1% of exotic assets, you can actually do quite well. Uh, but it does take a little bit more active management and that's just not feasible for projects that are just trying to build. They just want to provide liquidity, set, forget, and go on with their day. And like, I mean, we saw the tweet from Amin, from Rai and Reflexor saying like, you know, Uniswap V3 isn't working for us. We're going to move to Curve V2. But UniV2 is just working, you know, it's mm -hmm. working fine. Um, Kit, um, what are your thoughts on this Uni versus Curve debate and like what DeFi Cheetah <laughs> has to say? Man, I have many thoughts. And uh, DeFi Cheetah, I want you to help me understand uh, this because obviously when this Curve and Uniswap debate comes on, people just point to doing dashboard and be like, look, 68%, 70% of all volume goes to Uniswap. And in my mind, first I thought, oh yeah, that's because they have the most liquidity, blah, blah, blah. But after kind of reading through your thread, I was thinking about, well, maybe it's not because they have the most liquidity. Maybe it's because this they have the best toxic flow for, yeah, that's they have the, the best thing. people exactly. to flow. eat the toxic exactly. flow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they have, so said differently, they have the most dumb LPs who be like, yes, I'll eat the toxic flow. I will yeah. lose yeah. some money. I, Come I call, I'm here to I, be exposed by you guys. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I, I don't call, yeah, AMMs aren't, they, they aren't automated market makers. They're automated market takers. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad yeah. I'm glad I understood it correctly because th th that's the number one argument everybody makes whenever they, they bring it up. The second argument is always, well, Curve only has the TVL because of the emissions. And what you said in your thread really, really uh, uh, encompasses this is, well, you know, in order to get the emission in the first place, someone had to purchase CRV. Yeah, and not only pay. that, they have to lock it. Yeah, it's paid. It's all prepaid, right? If yeah. you don't pay the CRV, you pay the bribes. So either way, the emissions is being paid for multiple times over, right? Yeah. And I, I think that bit, not a lot of people recognize. They only recognize like, oh my God, it emits 635,000 CRV a day. That is a crazy ludicrous amount. And that's the only reason why TVL is sticking to curve. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people actually really don't take into account the price when calculating the uh, mm -hmm. profit versus loss. I think this is something that is really interesting because at the end of the day, uh, when you say, uh, yeah, when you say curve is not profitable, at least you you should compare it at the at the right figure. But uh, a lot of people, 
actually most of the use comes from the bribes and people mm-hmm. really don't get it and just simply uh saying using the uh, protocol income and to do the calculation yeah which is which which makes me right afraid is because um uh they they really don't have the whole picture of things and i i understand this is not something that easily articulated as you know very mm-hmm. convoluted argument with a lot of concept that you need to explain when you come across the whole logic line and yeah those um, sort could, of things that could you, you know, explain actually how you know the curve tokenomics work and how the bribes came about and why the bribes vote or slash vote incentives work with the tokenomics to make this sustainable flywheel yeah i think the curve team uh, really good at playing around the game theory to put it into its tokenomics so it, because of it's efficient to make it like a, um, liquidity as a service provider so uh, it's kind of using liquidity as uh, as its uh, uh, main surface and it, you if you need to enjoy this surface you need to buy the CRE either you um, boost the reward of your own pool uh, like those projects they may just accumulate CRE for uh, for those voting gauge right to direct the uh, weekly CRE emission to their pools so that the pools their pools t- uh, APL increases attracting more people to uh, do the to do the liquidity provision activity or you uh, bribe others to ask other fee CRE holders to vote for your vote, so that as to vote for your pool, so that they can direct those CRE emission to your pool, and then to boost the APL of your pool. So either way, you can get the liquidity, and those voters get their money. So this is the you 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 can say it's kind of like win-win because both parties get what they want through this mechanism, and. In that sense, uh, CRV becomes something that being competed uh, uh, among the the people because CRV is something. It, CRV is empowered to uh, to uh, boost liquidity of a pool by having the capacity to direct emission of CRV to the pool and affect the APL of the liquidity pools. To, so that LPs and can be incentivized according to how much CRV is being emitted to those pools. So this is something that I think um, uh, before the VE model comes out, uh, is just DeFi 1.0. But after CRV VE model, is I I I I think it is the the real 2.0. Or my perception is because real two point zero. Yeah, the real two point zero. Because first, you lower the cost of liquidity by having the bribe system. So that yeah, the the reason why people may not accumulate CRV, but they they will uh, bribe is because they can have they can have uh, uh to maintain a certain level of TVL with a lower cost of liquidity. That's why they bribe people. This is the mm-hmm. thing. But it is also more efficient because those with the CRE, apart from uh, yield farming or doing the stuff, they can, for example, like they can use the confess to, to kind of uh, uh, 
get rid of those uh, uh, the four year law period so that they can get the liquidity of their yield farm token in the form of CVCLV, not at the expense of their yield. So this is something that I think is uh, really beautiful, I would say, this kind of way of playing around things. And at the same time, you can also get those, um, I would say, you can get the bribes because other people also, other projects also enjoy a lower cost of liquidity by giving you the bribes to vote for them. Yeah. So this is something that lower, you, you, you lower the cost and also enhance the efficiency of, of, of the capital. So yeah, this is something that I, I, I think um, Curve is really unprecedented as a pioneer in the tokenomics side. So yeah. for, those, for those who would like to study tokenomics and see how tokenomics can work that beautifully, yeah, go for uh, Curve and Frax. They both do it in a very beautiful way. Yeah, I'm going to quote one of your tweets. Um, you know, such a degree of compossibility and lower costs to gather on-chain liquidity are what make Curve the electricity and water of crypto. And I think that sentence just sums up everything that, mm-hmm. you know, you just said now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Kit, and, uh, what were you going to say? And it makes Curve inevitable. Inevitable. Being in the stack. It, it truly does. And, but so, so DeFi Cheetah, uh, a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago, we had Curve Cap on and uh, we asked them, was like, hey, do you think if a token today were to adopt the, you know, CRV tokenomics with like 300 year inflation, VE, da, 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 like, would he think it would succeed? And he said, probably not. He said that it's because Curve was the product of its time. And because of that, its staying power is, is that much stronger. But if someone were to try to do that today, it won't work. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I previously um, I also met uh, Curve Cap in person, and yeah, we we, we we did some interesting chat. Yeah, and I think uh, his view actually um, has its own point. Uh, I won't be so absolute to say, oh, no project could work again with this model. But for now, I can't I can't picture out how things could work with the V model nowadays because. The empirical experience told us that other people that are trying to use the VE model cannot do what Curve has achieved. So, um, yeah, uh, ex- at least up to this stage, he is correct. Uh, the first move advantage is very important. And mm-hmm. this makes Curve so uh, hard to compete because, like, this is also the point that I made in my thread saying that, oh, for Curve, you really don't have the competitor, you, as you can imagine. But for Uniswap, actually, they are not more precarious than you imagine. Because, for example, you once you consider um, uh, Swap once challenged Uniswap mm-hmm. V2, you know mm-hmm. it is not actually... For example, I give you an example, right? OpenSea being challenged by Blur nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uniswap being challenged by nowadays why because they had more to see somehow yeah it's more to what more to see to see to the consumer uh, yeah they, because curve is not a facing the consumer industry they are they are kind of like infrastructure they are kind of like um people for example like people who want liquidity they are not really those retail users mm, they're the projects yeah. In so far as the project stand with the or align the interest with with, it's with like Curve, DeFi, it's inevitable. 
Yeah, it's inevitable. This, you know, it's Dow, yes. you know, Dow monetary policy yes. infrastructure. It's infrastructure for Dow's to con- construct. Can, I mean, the infrastructure for Dow's to conduct monetary policy. You can do it through yes. curve because it has yes. massive amounts of liquidity. And although sometimes like Uniswap may appear to have more volume, if you're a large Dow and you want to make, you know, a large swap uh, of whether it's in stables or whether it's like your own token, you go to curve to do that. Or if in Frax's case, you go to Frax swap to do that. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. So that's why I think Uniswap uh, has its uh, hidden risk that other people not realize that because mm-hmm. um, they don't have this kind of robust tokenomics to protect itself. Uh, I'll give you an example. I can picture out like uh, if there is a also very ingenious team and after the license of Unity Free, they simply copy the Unity Free model with some extra incentive way like Blur has done to OpenSea. I don't think mm. Uniswap is that robust. Yeah, because it's at the end of the day, it's all about incentive and how how um uh how the project BD can kind of build the narrative in the community. So for Curve, even the and narrative works for its competitors. Its competitors hardly get the TVL that Curve now enjoy. And Curve's TVL is unlikely to shift to its competitors because they hold a lot of VCLV and they have a line interest. And some people uh, like uh, Winter Soldier once said, oh, uh, that means early, like those latecomers, hard to get a seat in the in the Curve wall. Uh, I would say... Um, that's because you perceive they are mostly competing against each other, but it is naturally not the case. For example, like Frax, uh, although Frax has the largest uh, amount of CVX, they can cooperate with other projects. It's, it's, they are not necessarily antagonistic towards each other uh, or against each other. So this is something that I think, um, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about curve in terms of the competitive landscape versus Uniswap. A cooperative landscape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is the thing that I think um, curve is extremely robust. At the end of the day, in a bear market, you want to find something, some projects that can really maintain its edge and then to move it further in the next stage. Curve is, and I, I think Frax also is uh, something that, you should search for and put a larger bet on it because of its robustness. Yeah, because that is something that I believe uh, you can take a small bet on some tokens that really um, may have a huge alpha. This is something that like really gambling, but in terms of uh, curve and fresh, I think um, kind of like a no brainer for me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get, what is the ultimate bull case? What is like, uh, it's inevitable. The inevitable has happened. Frax and Curve take over DeFi oh. and more than just DeFi, but like all of markets, all traditional finance. Like, you know, the buck start stops at Frax and Curve in this like whole ecosystem. Um, what does that look like? Uh, you mean uh, how I envision it in the future? Yeah, like in the future, like all the finance. Oh, very important. I think very important. One thing is that um, people nowadays associate stablecoin with only, oh, USD pack asset. But actually for the type of pack asset, there would be a lot of new pack assets. Mm. LSD is one of them. There will be a lot of pack asset. 
require uh, something like Curve because we have the uh, staking system in the crypto and people also need liquidity. So they need some liquidity for those uh, pack. That's those, uh, for example, like, uh, for example, like Flex Eve because it is like kind of like stake Eve. So you need some liquidity to make more people have the incentive to stake the asset. So there will be a lot, a lot, a lot more this type of uh, stable coins, I would say, instead of simply USD pack asset. If you consider the market to be another 10x, I can't imagine how big this market could be. And Curve is the only player that can facilitate the need. So yeah, you can just imagine how crazy it is. Not to mention the Curve stablecoin, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, and also like <laughs> Frax is the best stablecoin issuer on chain, right? Yeah. So yeah. mix those two together and you have something. Yeah, and they have inevitable. different, different. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, it's just like ob- obligarchy, I would say in a sense. Yeah, they can just <laughs> uh, both, both takes, takes the whole the whole market or most of the market. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is something I, I, I think can, you, you, you can imagine how, how great, how huge the upside is in, so far as you understand enough about the fundamentals of how the market is developing. And um, yeah. yeah, it really and, is and, hard to imagine, but yeah, continue. Yeah. And also for the uh, Curve stablecoin, you can, you can imagine, oh, uh, Curve, uh, so far there are a lot of LP tokens. What if those LP tokens can be, you know what, like being added the leverage? Or oh, initially we have a huge boost of the TVL. Uh, this is this is actually I think a response to the trick that is done by Uniswap. Like, uh, it kind of partnered with MakerDAO. Not surprising mm. because of A6EZ. A6EZ is the supporter of the of the uh, 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 So you you can imagine like uh. Once they support the uh, uh, like make make it out partnered with uh, Uniswap to support the USDC uh, and the die pair by having the fifty x leverage. Yeah, this is the thing that Curve Curve may think. Oh, that was the, the Curve team. Make, yeah, 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 the Curve <laughs> the GUNI the GUNI the Curve. Oh, that, that's uh, my baby. <laughs> oh my god, I die can you. be I was, die I can be at... used to mean die, which which is really crazy. I think. Yeah, uh, but no, a fair few people know. Yeah, I um I remember working on that. That was a lot of fun when that when that happened. Um that probably got 90 95% of G Uni's TVL and was like a spring broad to launch Arrakis and that was actually going to lead to my next question like what did you what do you think of like all these different projects and protocols that are building on top of Uniswap V3 to improve the efficiency oh. and make it easier for protocols to interact with it because I've like, you know, if it becomes as easy to like, you know, just, oh, let me just give it to like my token Ciracus to manage. It's just like basically decentralized, transparent market maker that works on Uniswap V3. Um, and like, just it's as easy as Uniswap V2. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Are you like bullish? Are you bearish? Like, do you think it's possible? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, you mean wait, the, Dave, the regulatory Dave. pressure? Wait, what? Okay, the regulatory... Can I just... Oh, okay. Can I just let... Uh... DeFi Cheetah finish his thought on the USDC die thing because yeah, this yeah, is yeah, very very critical. 
Okay, yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, oh. No problem. Yeah. I, I, I remember. I remember. I, I remember uh, Dave's question. And then, yeah, I go through Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, uh, the I think the curve stablecoin is a kind of response to this type of setup. The curve team will think, oh, oh my, oh my, you, you, you kind of like, um, uh, you don't obey the rules. So now, okay, I let's let me launch a stablecoin to make the best use of my TVL. Yeah, it, so that's uh, why. That's why I think uh, curve stablecoin somehow uh, is driven by this kind of uh, tricky setup of, of, of the uh, of the GUNI token. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I never, the 50, I, yeah, go ahead. Mm, yeah, um, the 50X is really, really crazy. And um, before I explain, I, 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 yeah, so basically the thing is like uh, in the units V3, your, uh, each of your uh, LP position is an NFT. And to in order to make it more interoperable, so uh, Galato Network actually uh, make a wrapper for this. So this is what GUNI means. And uh, when you are considering the uh, GUNI USDC and Daipu, so uh, make it out, uh, make a proposal to, and it is uh, it was passed uh, uh, long ago that the GUNI token uh, in in the form of um, Dai and USDC pool it can be used as a collateral. What it means is that, okay, so firstly, I provide liquidity in this pool. And then I can use this GUNI LP token, which represent my position in the dive slash USDC pool. I can use this to um, as the collateral to borrow a lot more dive. And then those dive could, pro- could be used to provide the liquidity in this pool. And then uh, to provide the liquidity in this way, I get more LP tokens. And then I get more LP tokens, the GUNI. This GUNI, and then we collateralize to borrow more DAI. And the process go on and on and, and lead to the 50x of the, of the, of the position. So mm-hmm. actually, it means DAI can be used to mean DAI. And most important thing is, when you look at Dune Analytics, the dashboard to see how huge this um, position is we all know originally if is the only collateral to mean die and nowadays GU need this kind of uh, collateral is larger than the portion of if in this treasury yeah so it's go it go astray and this data exemplify this yeah this is wow. how how it goes from a decentralized stablecoin to, uh, I I I I don't know how to describe. Yeah, it it is even crazier than US UST in this sense. If Wait. this GUNI token uh, occupy half of its collateral, that is crazy because, uh, like USDD can be used to mean USD, but USD UST can be used to mean UST. It is it is not the case for the UST uh, regime, but. Uh, you imagine this is crazier than UST because die can be used to mean die. Yeah, and once it has uh, some uh, issues with other types of real world asset or things like that, if there are some FUD trigger out, they can de- being deleveraged extremely fast because those die die to mean die die to mean die those actually just 
just bubble. So it's like die. This is like the uncollateralized part of die because it's you know you keep on like levering up yeah, it's and die it's back by die, die and die and die and die. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now like you know it's so is it so it's in that position right now where like more than half of the teeth like of the backing of die is this guni pool so for the mm-hmm. guni part uh, it's actually uh, about um, last time i checked it's about 16 percent. i'm not sure if that's the wow. case for now yeah yeah yeah. the guni token is actually occupied huge part a very huge part oh. yeah oh my god dude so that's Okay, let's let's call it half that, right? Because half of it is USDC, so it's it's Dai. Dai is backed by Dai for like eight percent of Dai. Oh, I'm, which means, huh? I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm checking. Okay, yeah. checking. I check think it. Um, for the GUNI, yeah, you can just continue, and I I, I can yeah. update the date. Okay. Data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so whatever X percent of that is uh Dai backed. So Dai is almost uncollateralized. Is fractional just like how Frax is because Frax is at 92% right now. And if the G Uni thing really is 16% of DAIs' backing, then half of that, right? Because half is it's 8%, is yeah. 8%. So it's the same thing. Oh my God, it's so funny. Oh, please, uh, please I, let it be. I think, true. It, I think it is crazier. And it, it, so far, it's not really that much, I would say. Uh, you can, uh, from the, I would say, from the, uh okay okay let, let let me put it this way um if you go to uh, uh the dune analytics and then you can search for the uh set ventures creation of the dashboard you can mm. see uh for the holy shit uh, i can i can i can find it uh in the in the last august yeah. uh this gu need actually has a very 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 huge amount in a sense that uh, once they have about 20 almost okay 27 percent at the high 27 at the high guni yeah what is it now 25 but 27 percent of the die is minted by die (laughs) yeah at the peak and for now it mm -hmm. is about 16 percent you said Oh no! It is for now. It is about uh, uh eight to nine percent. Eight to nine. Okay. Okay. I yeah, think yeah, as 9%. long as they keep their like, as long as it doesn't get too crazy, it should be fine. But if it makes up like a large portion of their backing, then it gets like oh. But um. Well, yeah, we had DeFi yeah. Cheetah. If it's at nine percent, but half of that is USDC, right? So it's so you only only four and a half percent is really die backing die. Uh, you can say this way, but uh, I would say uh, at the end of the day, you may have some trouble because um, uh, US yeah, you can say this way, but um, the USDC originally occupies all, all more than half of it, so it's like a USD wrapper versus. Uh, part of it is leveraged by its own stable coin. So yeah, it's kind of like confusing. And and uh, uh, if the if the regulatory pressure comes in, and the PSM model will be very susceptible to the to the regulators because uh, if regulators 
told Circle, oh, make it out, has problem, ban it. And then, oh, Circle said, okay, okay. And then, oh, find the address, ban it. Those USDC will be annihilated in that sense. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is the reason why I write the thread about uh, the AMO. Because people don't understand what AMO is and they just think, oh, Fred is just another uh, USDC wrapper. Someone, I, I saw someone mention this. That's drive me to what, oh my gosh, you are just still stick to the your own, uh, yeah, you're too dogmatic in your provincial ideology yeah. to kind of like to, to put Fred still in this version one version, uh, yeah, the, 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 the version one. And in fact, I think, uh, Curve already come across the uh, UST crisis and learn from the lesson, and then that's why they kind of like improve it in an AMO model to make it mm-hmm. not that easily freely minted, and instead those arbitrage profit is taken by the pro- protocol itself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of like makes uh, and because previously I I I study law and I have some um some uh, understanding of the basic legal principle so some people may say oh the regulators can do whatever they want the shit and then they can just hang you down whatever they take um in theory that may be but um i would like to bring out the point that with the amo it is much more robust to to be uh, censorship or regulatory resistant mm-hmm. in the sense that because um the amo uh uh, it's not intentionally, but AMO kind of mixing the asset with other innocent assets. So yeah. uh, as a matter of principle of protection of uh, uh, the private property rights, you, you um, the US government cannot simply say, oh, I ban you and then I ban you. They may need to pass some new regulation and saying a lot of things to do that. But at the end of the day, does it worth it to ban uh, on-chain protocol simply because um, of this? At the end of the day, uh, for example, like if Circle ban France, and by doing so, they may affect other uh, USDC, this actually means they are uh, destroying one of the huge UST treasury buyers. So I'm not sure uh, did this really make any sense, but I would say slippery slope always applies if you can think it like the you can always assume the worst case scenario then yeah you can simply quit crypto because uh, crypto is not for those with this kind of pessimistic thought if you are pessimistic mm-hmm. enough you can simply uh, pull out all the all the bank savings out and then you put it in the metal box and then to put it under your bed and then yeah you will feel a lot safer but yeah this is not the way i think uh in a reasonable and logical manner. So that's mm-hmm. why I think uh, in that sense, uh, it is uh, uh, regulatory resistant. At the same time, can have the scalability. Yeah, it's all about striking the balance. Wow. Regulator Thank resistant. You. I like that term. Well put. Yeah. And, and then, uh, Cheetah, let's go into Dave's question about all the managers being built on Wait, top I, of I just wanna, three. I just want to clear up one more thing. So, abstracting it away. Oh, oh. Well, I just want before we get to my question, I want to like just make sure like we, we have his argument right about like die and UST, like, because saying that it's more dangerous than UST, that's, that is a statement that is like definitely, cause we all saw what happened in UST, just, you know, tens of billions of dollars, just, just boom, go, went to zero. And so like, I don't, you know, I don't think the industry takes like an, a statement like that, like lightly. So like, 
um, what can you like describe? Can you just like explain one more time, like why like this? I guess looping from like the die USDC pool is dangerous, and like is there ways to like mitigate that risk uh, for MakerDAO? Uh, yeah, I think this is really dangerous because uh, a a great portion of the uh, because Dai is an over collateralized decentralized stablecoin, and then when you know a a portion of the collateral backing die is not a kind of uh, because uh, collateral can be divided into two types exogenous and endogenous mm-hmm. uh, the UST type is endogenous FXS is also kind of like endogenous so um, collateral the, the, the ideal type of uh, collateral will be those exogenous that means they are ex- ex- not yeah, they're not uh, really directly associated with the development of the project. Yeah, or else you easily enter into a death spiral. But what's crazier here is that Dai is actually backing by itself, not by uh... the en- en- endogenous one. So it is the worst case you can imagine for a, for a collateral backing uh, oh, system. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like with, you know, Frax, it was, you know, FXS. The equivalent would be of like Maker. I mean, if Dai was backed by Maker, but here Dai is partially backed by Dai, and that's where yeah. you raise your concern. Okay, understood. Got it. Um, thank you for that explanation. I, that is very juicy. I'm excited to see uh, what our listeners are, how they're going to react and respond to that. But moving on to Arrakis, because um, I am a, a fan, of course. Um, what is, What are your thoughts on Arrakis on improving the efficiency of Uniswap v3 and making it easier for, you know, L, oh. you know, projects to like just, you know, LP there. I, I will, I'll preface this saying like I am an investor in, in Arrakis, like angel investor and have like a biased interest in them. So I just want to get that out there. So, but we'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, sure. Uh, for, uh, you mentioned about, uh, yeah, actually I think, um, oh, can, 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 can we hear again? Because yeah, I, uh, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you repeat again the, the the point that you mentioned, right? Oh, I I said um, do you think like Arrakis can improve? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And and like make it easier for projects to like just put their tokens in Arrakis yeah. like they would in Uni V two. Sure, this comes to another argument that I think is not a is not a good way to do it. Uh, the reason why I think is not a good way to do it is because we all aspire some all in one shop, right? And the reason there there are some reasons for that. The first is that uh, Arakas are not doing the free service. They charge fees. You are if you are uni free liquidity provider, actually you are paying for something that is free on the curve ecosystem. This is something that really in terms of cost structure not not mm-hmm. ideal. And it is actually quite bad because um the, the reason why uh uh, crypto industry is more efficient. Uh, come you you, you we, can, we can we can we come across the uh, central exchange, and I explain that central exchange in crypto actually enjoy a very huge uh, advantage of the of the core structure. It is a kind of vertical integration of the brokerage and also the exchange business. So that a lot of middlemen, the fees paid by them, you can simply directly benefit the users or traders or the 
the the, the those who enjoy the service. But Arrakis is kind of like you're introducing some middle layer to to uh, um, to a thing that originally uh, there is no need for curve. So you are kind of making your cost structure even worse. And uh, and one of the key points that I criticize or I think Uniswap V3 is not ideal is because of its cost structure. At the end of the day, it charged no fees from LP already. And now you need to, you, you ask King LPs in order to enjoy service, you need to pay some fees for external parties. So how can you make the fees which possible and make your business sustainable by charge, taking a cut of the LP fees if you, you, can, you allow more parties to, to take your pie? So this mm. is something that I think, mm. uh, yeah, from a, a user perspective, it, it is okay. But the point is, from business perspective, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? In order to facilitate your business to, to sustain while you are not taking a cut of the LP, you are saying, oh, others can charge my client's fees in order to make it more sustainable. Holy, what the... I, I can't understand the logic. Yeah, someone helped you to do this and they charge fees and making you even harder to make your business profitable. So how can it, this be a good thing? Mm, this so, is a good so thing you for Eric. It's like, like a, another middleman layer, basically. Yeah, originally it, it is something that is resolved, but you are, you are again, you re, you're kind of uh, degrading the stuff back to the Web2 model. So yeah, yeah this is something that I, 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 I really don't get why people think it is a good thing. We're going to have and a cheetah. Yeah. Oh, and, and one thing is more important, saying that, oh, someone say, oh, uh, Confess and also other stuff, they are they are also charging the fees. My response to this type of argument is that Confess or uh, other uh, protocols on the Curve ecosystem, they are doing some extra service that is not really central to a decentralized exchange. They are not providing a service about trading and LP position management. They are providing service that makes you more convenient by having those new um, farming uh, capital more efficiently used. It is a different kind of service that you can enjoy by paying the fees. Mm-hmm. But for Ericus, you are paying a fees for basic service that is free for uh, the turf ecosystem. That is the fundamental difference and you cannot really confuse the two. Yeah. So if I could summarize here, you're saying from Uniswap's perspective, products like Arrakis and any of these V3 managers is actually really bad because Uniswap could be the one to be charging these fees, but yet they're not. And not only that, they are fully opening and allowing you know, projects like Arrakis and any V3 manager to come in and take money from Uniswap's clients, which are the yeah. peers. Yeah, you can imagine a normal exchange. You can imagine a normal exchange saying that, oh, I don't, I don't have this service, but you can find uh, the party X or party Y to do it, and they charge your fees. That it sounds quite weird because the exchange can do it itself, right? They can, mm-hmm. the exchange Which is what do it itself does. and provide. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then Curve uh, V two does this right with it has passively, its own form yeah. of concentrated liquidity. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. auto adjusting. Yeah, so this is something that I think is is really really important, and and. Apart from being totally adjusted, uh, Curve also allows uh, LPs to be compensated during the timeline of the adjustment of the price range by charging a higher fees. 
So this is something that is really important. And you can imagine something say someone say, oh, uh, uh, Uniswap V3 has a lot more trading volume than Curve. I, I think it's also mis, a misconception in the sense that first, uh, Curve mostly about stable coin and uh, pack asset. You can't compare the trading volume of a pack asset to a volatile asset. This is not really on the same same ground. This is the first perception. And Curve V2 actually is not very um, I've actively advertised in the community, I think. Uh, maybe because of the market timing yeah. or whatever. But I think well, it is now yeah. more popular. Yep. And well, this is the yeah, first thing. Yeah. Yep. And the second thing is that, yeah. And the second thing is that um, in terms of the uh, trading volume, Let's imagine, what if the uh, Uniswap V3 adopt same price structure or fee structure of Curve by taking fifty percent LP fees from the LP? What would that happen to first uh, Uniswap V3 TVL and second Uniswap V3 trading volume? You can imagine this is must be devastating for Uni V3 to do that. That's why the team and the community is so hesitant to put forth the uh, fee switch proposal. But this is happening to Curve. Curve take 50% uh, LP fees. And then they can still retain a lot higher TVL than Uniswap. Yeah. So this yeah. is the thing that can make both protocols to be compared on the same page. Yeah. I guess my question, what would your response be like with, you know, you mentioned like volume on Uniswap, you can't compare Uniswap and Curve, but, you know, Uniswap has more stable swap volume than Curve. Um, what would your response to that be? Uh, you mean the stable swap volume? Yeah, like that? let's say for like Frax USDC compared to like Curve, like more volume goes through Uniswap than Curve, like on Uni V2. Yeah. I think the first thing we need to consider, we need to have some data about how, how much is the toxic flow. <laughs> because in Curve, yeah, only, yeah. 20, only 20% is the toxic flow. But yeah. in Uni V3, 70% is the toxic flow. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if, in, if in, yeah, some, some people may, uh, may, may, may tell us that, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I just compare. Um, I think it's fine. If your perception is not really taking into account this kind of toxic flow, it's fine. But this is actually what is happening, saying that um, uh, the opportunity cost is, is a cost that you need to take into account in the, in the, in the fi finance world. And if you're mm -hmm. taking, if, if you don't think this is important, then the whole, the whole issue about uh, future cash flow and the discount uh, of, of future cash flow, all, all things don't work. And yeah, but this is not, I perceive how things work. Yeah. So uh, for this part, I think uh, this is my point. Yeah. And you can consider one thing that you originally um, mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast saying that, oh, it, UDV3 does not work well in the case when the market goes very mm. extreme. This is mm. very important. Just imagine UST in the UST crisis, Uniswap V3 actually failed very early on. How can you make yourself mm. inevitable when you cannot withstand this uh, extreme market condition? Yeah, it is yeah. something that we need to consider. And this is very important. Just imagine you, you have a centralized exchange. You are, this is for those who don't understand DeFi. Like 
consider yourself to be in a centralized exchange you, and you actively trading. Whenever this, whenever extreme market conditions come across this centralized exchange, this centralized exchange will be done every single time. Will you move your fund to other centralized exchange in case shit happens? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. But in order, if you can, in order to become inevitable, you have to last in the most extreme of conditions. Yes. You know, that is a requirement to be inevitable. You have to be, you know, just unstoppable, immutable. Um, and that, there's so many different adjectives, like adjectives I can use. Kid, I'm sure you can think of some. But, you know, what makes, I mean, what I'm going to take away from this interview is like, what what does it take to become inevitable? What does it take to become an inevitable protocol? And, you know, how can, like, we get there day by day? Um, I had, like, a, one last final question. I'm kidding. I'm not sure if you had, like, any responses or, like, any questions. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we've been, like, super bowl uh, frax and curve uh, on this episode. But as a final question, like, what do you think uh, frax and curve can improve on? What do you think they can work on? Uh, I think for frax uh, and curve, they have the same problem. Not many people understand this sophisticated design. And this is our job to make it more uh, transparent and more That's easy us. to be understood. That's us. I, I, <laughs> I, I can tell you, I can tell you, like um, for Frax, I think less than, uh, for those who have heard about Frax, less than 10% of the people actually know what it is working on. This is very important because you know what? Like Frax actually developed very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a very early project. And you you need a very high input for those users to keep track of what is happening on Frax. And you know what? The sad thing is not many people actually have a very robust financial knowledge to understand Frax development. So uh, I think... Uh, when more people know more about how Frax is actually working, they will know Frax will be the one of the key players in the in the development in the future. And in that yeah. sense, they will they they will do what we are doing automatically. So I think this is the thing that we can do in order to in order to uh, make things. Uh, yeah, this is the thing that I I I, I think that's. I think point. you just gave us a really good KPI, uh, the <laughs> understand to herd of ratio. Like we want to get that up. Like if it's less than ten percent, that's too low. We want to get that up to like fifty percent or like hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This is very very difficult because um, I think because I I I think um, Fresh can do more uh, document that can make uh, its idea in some plain plain words. Because uh, uh, for for example, like fresh land and fresh rock, they have very significant implication. But those implications cannot be easily uh, understood by the community. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing that when when people know at what actually it is all about, and align them in a whole uh, holistic approach in a picture, in a general mm-hmm. picture of fresh. Yeah, they will know. Oh shit! This is really fascinating. This is yeah. groundbreaking. Holy! We got God. we got to get you to write some guest posts on Fly. Yeah, we have to. Uh, yeah, we, we got Wavy. You, right. you know he you know he went on his Fraxith journey, which we documented on a 
special episode. And today we published a blog post uh, about the economics, about how the Frax AML mechanics work. And like, would love to like have you write a guest post about, you know, what makes sure. you know, Frax back. But yeah, you know, we'll talk about it after sure. the show. But, you know, yeah. wrapping up here, uh, DeFi Cheetah, thank you so much for this enlightening episode. Um, it's so nice to talk to somebody like outside of like our circle or like people that we usually converse with. This is our first time talking in person. Um, that is like as bullish uh, Frax, uh, and maybe in some ways even more bullish in the ways because mm-hmm. in ways that we haven't even thought of yet, Frax um, than us. Um, and so it's it's really nice to like know that our message is getting out there, and it's you know at least we're hitting somewhere, and it takes one you know one person at a time, one step at a time. Yeah, I'm yeah. also very honored to be here because I think you guys are really doing a great job and promoting a really cool product. Yeah, Frax is really something that I, yeah, uh, yeah. both Frax and Curve, I think they are really the pioneer of, of DeFi. And I, I can't imagine without without uh, these two projects, how how raw the industry will be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, I'll let you go uh, explain the lightning round and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so at the end of the these podcasts, we like to do a series of lightning round questions just to kind of get you to know you better as a, an individual, right? So the first question is, when was the first time you touched the blockchain? Like, what was your virgin crypto experience? And sexist don't count. Uh, I think it's about 2016. At that time, um, it's very raw, and then I, 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 I kind of uh, tune my Google, uh, like the Gmail setting to saying, oh, whenever there are uh, blockchain news every day, mm-hmm. uh, push me. That, that is a kind of setting. I'm not sure if you know about it. Like uh, Google alerts. Uh, yeah, 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 Google alert will, will give you the daily email about, oh, what's happening for certain keywords, and then they will push you certain certain type of thing. Mm-hmm. So at, at the end of the, uh, at that time, I, I already, uh, spot on the significance of blockchain because um, this is something interesting because um, uh, initially without DeFi, I think blockchain is a very cool uh, technology because it, it kind of uh, speed up the money circulation in the sense that things that need a few days to be done, for example, like if you have a relative uh, uh, elsewhere outside of your country, through banking system, it may take a few days for you to get your money back uh, to uh, their, uh, their hands but with blockchain it is within seconds or minutes to do it so this is something that really refresh, uh, ref- revolutionized the whole uh, uh, money circulation in the uh, traditional finance world uh, this is the original uh, bullish case but after the emergence of DeFi yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all in that yeah this is, uh, this is the thing got it and then um, what do you like to do off chain? What is your favorite touch grass activity or hobby? Uh, actually, I'm quite nerdy. So <laughs> my favorite activity is to to go around different articles and then to 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 to, to gain some insight from. <laughs> yeah, um, because I I I, I the, the reason why I like DeFi is because uh it is so intellectually stimulating to to chat with you guys and 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 have some idea exchange among the people in the community. Yeah. But I concur. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I think we're all like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's the about club. the it's about the feeling of uh, um, having the 
evolution every time I I, mm-hmm. I saw some cool design or cool things. For example, like uh, whenever I I, I uh, previously when I studied French, oh oh shit, I I I feel like oh I I got inspired by oh this this can be done this way, something can be done this way, which I I haven't thought about, and I, I kind of like open up my eyes and and and, and learn something from cool protocol design things like that yeah mm-hmm. so that's why i i i, I the off-chain activities is about studying on-chain activities <laughs> a man that lives on chain this is the definition oh. of it guys yeah um, never sleeps. yeah yeah um what is some advice you would give to your younger self uh the advice for my younger self is to uh to be open-minded and not to um not to be restricted by your own uh, narrow uh, thought and vision. Yeah, be open-minded to things and then to jump into crypto earlier and study, <laughs> uh, study computer science and study math. <laughs> yeah, Be, be uh, interdisciplinary in your studies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm just waiting one day for a guest to be like, Oh, my advice for my five-year-old younger is to meet Vitalik in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> meet, him, meet him in 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, better, exactly. earlier, earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the last question here is, uh, what would you be doing with your professional career if you are not in finance or law or crypto? Um, I think I would probably to be... Uh... I I'm saying I would probably to be in a research field in science, maybe. Uh, yeah, because I like intellectual stimulation, and I think maybe something about math and physics, something like that. Yeah, if wow. if not about those monetary stuff or things like that. Yeah, because uh, okay. uh, uh, in my primary school, uh, I don't know the word scientist because uh, English is not my mother tongue. But uh, I I will go, uh, to look up the dictionary and search. Oh, what. Uh, sci- how scientists expel, uh, spell, and then I, 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 I will, I will, I answered the question uh, raised by my primary school teacher saying, "What you want to be when you grow?" Up? And I say, "Scientist." <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, I think that's, origins, that's out sure. of the good. That out of the 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 the, the, the because you know uh, children are very pure and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My original first of knowledge drive me to this path. Yeah, yeah but yeah, mm-hmm. later I I uh, I get tainted by crypto and I jump into crypto. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. uh, your answers remind me of Shiran, we who we yeah, had last I was week. gonna say you know, same how, Yeah, how you said like to be open minded. That's just like and to be flexible. I, that's another way to say like have a mental model of the world and yeah. be able to adapt that mental model. Yeah, um, he was a man that like worked in you know bi- biology bio. Bio yeah, computer computation, computer genetics, bio comp- yeah. computer genetic, yeah, bio computation, computer genetics. So you know, I feel like you guys would get along. Um, yeah, but like uh, actually, yeah. I th- I think uh, to be flexible, I would say be water, my friend. <laughs> be water. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I think you're like a DeFi Confucius. You know, yeah, <laughs> you're not DeFi yeah. cheetah. Liquidity. Yeah, DeFi. yeah, yeah. Liquidity. Be flexible, but be sticky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Have the liquidity. Yeah, I'll be yeah. sticky. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Divai Cheetah, thank you so much for coming on. This episode was very dense, very informative, yes. and one that people will have to listen to twice to get all the alpha. 
Thanks for coming oh, on. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah. being. Okay. Uh, thank you for uh, being invited to be here. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm very honored to join the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And oh, actually, I. I I'm going to do this for the uh, audience and listener who's stuck all the way to the very end. DeFi Cheetah, what is one other project that you're looking at? You, you only say the name. You cannot say why. Let the people do their own homework. Uh, good question. Uh, I, I, I would say uh, previously I, 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 I look at GMX, but for now I look at a, a project called uh, TimeSwap. TimeSwap. Okay. TimeSwap. Okay, done. All right, thank you. All right, thank see you, you next week. You. All right. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for watching this edition of Flywheel with DeFi Cheetah, the king of the savannah, Mr. Inevitable, coming right at you live. Kit, any final thoughts? Actually, no, we'll just save that for the post game. So go down below to flywheelalpha.com, subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Flywheel DeFi. Join the conversation at Flywheel DeFi on Telegram. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. Follow me at 0xCapital underscore K. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice. This channel is strictly for educational purposes and is not an investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions. This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.